goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Well, uh, the last of the major indictments, as we believe, has dropped. If you'd like to be part of Boston Early's Rush Hour today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. If you look at these stories, and there are stories everywhere, this is not like one of those Biden things where you only see the stories with the news in the alternative media and the mainstream media ignores it. The mainstream media are in full orgasm mode today. They are celebrating. This is what they wanted. They wanted to see this. They wanted to see not only Donald Trump, but others in his orb uh, brought into this illegal morass. The Hill today, Donald Trump is facing a number of legal challenges, but the indictment in Fulton County, Georgia, may be the biggest threat to his presidential campaign. And if he wins re-election, his ability to serve as president. That's because, says the Hill, as president of the United States, Trump might be able to pardon himself if he's convicted of one or more federal crimes, but a president has no power to pardon himself if convicted of a state crime. Trump also faces two federal indictments under Special Counsel Jack Smith and a straight criminal in, uh, a state criminal indictment in New York County from that alleged prosecutor. That's my words. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Most analysts consider Bragg's criminal charges a stretch. <laughs> They're admitting this. They're actually admitting it in the Hill. And the Hill is left-wing. Don't don't kid yourself. If you had doubts, many of you don't, of course. Most analysts consider Bragg's criminal charges a stretch. Yeah, they didn't tell us that at the time, right? And unlikely to lead to a conviction. On the other hand, Smith's federal criminal charges against Trump are serious and may lead to one or more convictions, which could land the former president in jail. That's what we want here. If you're one of the members of the mainstream left, if Trump were sentenced to jail time for federal crimes and then won the 2024 presidential election, either before or after the conviction, he would likely try, it says, to issue himself a pardon. Could Trump legally do that? No one knows for sure. Yeah, we do. 
No president has ever pardoned himself, but then no president except for Donald Trump has ever needed to. Trump opined uh, during his first term in office that he could pardon himself if necessary, but legal experts are mixed. The Brookings Institute's Norman Eisen, let me let me just help them with that sentence. The liberal, radical, left-leaning Brookings Institution's Norman Eisman says that a president cannot pardon himself, and he cites a Nixon-era Department of Justice study. Oh, he cites a study put together by Nixon's Justice Department backing him up. But, but other legal experts think the Constitution's pardon clause is broad and unlimited. Just go read it. It's not hard. Pick up a Constitution and read it. And it's pretty plain, if you look at the black and white text in it, the president has pardon power. What the pardon power is, that he could do it, doesn't exclude him, which means he can. They say, the Hill, but another legal shoe just dropped yesterday, a criminal indictment from Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis. There was a novel back in the Victorian age, Fanny Hill. I'm not going to. Let me move on. Alleging Trump tried to overturn the result of the 2020 election. If Trump is convicted and sentenced to jail, parenthesis, insertion by the host, which is what we all liberals are dying to see. We've been wanting him in jail ever since he came down that escalator. End. And if that conviction and sentencing were to come, please, 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 by the November 2024 election, he could continue to campaign for president even from jail. There have been a small number of presidential candidates who ran the White House while locked in the big house, who ran for the White House while locked up in the big house. But if Trump were convicted and sentenced to jail in Georgia, he couldn't pardon himself of a state crime, which means he couldn't discharge his duties as president. That's what you say. That's when the country would have to turn to the Constitution's 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment provides a blueprint to what to do when the president, you know, is incapacitated, blah, 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 blah. So they go on to say that Trump wouldn't be able to discharge his powers and duties because, for example, he would need a secure place to hold classified viewings and to view top secret documents. Wait a minute. You mean a jail isn't a secure place? You mean in the middle of a jail you can't find a secure room and that's your reasoning? This is what the hell is a jail. Why we he couldn't do it from yeah, he could do it from jail and they could with the secret service in there they could secure a space. What's so hard about that? And because, says the Hill, the president wouldn't have a secure place in jail, which is a total specious argument. The vice president, newly elected, would need to initiate the 25th Amendment process. Of course, it's also possible 
that if convicted and sentenced to jail, the state of Georgia might allow Trump to postpone his sentence until he either loses the election or were he to win until he left office. It's possible, but 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 it's highly unlikely because they want him in jail just like we lefty writers do. They hate Trump down there. And and by the way, there's a little point to this. The Republicans in Georgia, the elected class, they are not Trump fans. Trump ragged on their state. He ragged on their election. And so you think that the Republicans in Georgia in elective office might be, they would probably, the elected some of these elected Republicans like this Raffensperger, Raffensperger guy, would be trying to crowd out the court, try try to crowd out the cops to see if he could get his picture in the perp walk. They'd probably make him do. The sheriff down there in this Fulton County has already said he intends to make Trump take a mug shot. Said that last month. I reported that on the show last month. Here's that story. Let me see. This was in Daily Mail. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger breaks silence following Trump's fourth indictment detailing their call during which the ex-president demanded the state overturn the 2020 election results. And Raffensperger said today the most basic principles of a strong democracy, democracy or accountability and respect for the Constitution and the rule of law, either you have it or you don't. Like I said, Republicans, you think Brian Kemp cares if Trump goes to jail? He and Raffensperger would be the ones trying to get the Democrats out the way so they could take him in themselves. And I'm only exaggerating a little bit. Brian Kemp, the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, everyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible, and fair, and will continue to be for as long as I'm the Republican governor. Well, he says, for as long as I'm governor. The future of our country is at stake in 2024, and that must be our focus. That's what old governor Brian Kemp put up there on that Twitter. By the way, Brian, it's not called Twitter anymore, called X. Whatever. To this day, I have seen no satisfactory explanation of what we saw in Georgia. By the way, Trump, you know, was holding a press conference Monday. He says he's got irrefutable proof that the election was rigged, and he's going to present it next Monday from Bedminster. No doubt, Fanny and her gang will be watching to see if they can see anything else that they can indict him for. So far, I haven't even seen the total count of the number of years that Trump would have to serve in jail if he was convicted on all of this stuff. 
From Georgia alone, it's over 70 years. I believe that's the same in the Fed suit. They don't, folks, they, folks, they, they, it's not just about the presidency. They want to make sure that they destroy Donald Trump's life, that they bankrupt him if possible with legal fees, that they intimidate his family, that they intimidate you, that they dry up his donor base, I got word today of another case, and I cannot talk about it, that is coming from one of the people involved in fundraising. And the heavy-handed tactics that are being used against this fundraiser to make sure he doesn't, he raise money for Trump. And if this case proceeds as it might, this is just, it, it was the way it was described to me, was just pure political retribution to drive him from the business of fundraising. And I better not say any more because this I don't want to jeopardize the person that talked to me about this case. These people are on an all-out mission to destroy Donald Trump. That should be plain to everybody. They don't want to harm him just politically. They want to destroy his life. They want to bankrupt him with legal fees. They want to bankrupt the people that served him that they hate. Like our mayor, Rudy Giuliani. They want to make sure that Rudy pays a political price that no one in this country has ever had to pay before. Because Rudy took on Donald Trump as a client and did what a lawyer is supposed to do, which to, is to put the best case possible for his client in front of not only the judicial system, but the American people. They want to make sure that everybody connected with Trump in Georgia that they can find that they destroy their lives, destroy their ability to earn livings, take their money and make them spend it in legal fees and send a message. And this is the message, part of it. If you people dare ever talk about dismantling the deep state again, If you people dare talk about the unfair way that we Democrats run elections again. If you people dare try to rise up against deep state ideology. We will shut you down and destroy you like we're doing Donald Trump. That is the message loud and clear that they're sending. Don't you dare ever do this again. And we will stop at nothing to destroy you. We will use every weapon that we have. We will use every tool in our arsenal to destroy your lives.
This is not politics. This is political warfare. We hate you people is what they're telling you. We hate you with a passion. We hate you. We hate the people that voted for you. We hate you and we are going to destroy you and make sure you never rise up against us again. And that is the message that is being sent to not just Donald Trump, but to Trump voters from one corner of America to another. 800-848-WABC is our number, 800-848-9222. Ah, little wicked Wilson Pickett in the midnight hour. James Golden, it is Buzz Lerley's Rush Hour. And we're coming back. Right after this. You know what? On this day in 2008. Jerry Wexler, Atlantic Records master producer, passed away in his home in Sarasota. He produced this one in the Midnight Hour. He produced Rita Franklin, produced Ray Charles, Bob Dylan, Jerry Wexler, one of America's greatest record producers. WABC, Sterling, coming back. Don't go away. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. August 15th, 1969. Bethel, New York. Woodstock begins. 400,000 people showed up, stayed on the farm for three days, some of them. The lineup of acts was incredible. Cosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Santana, Grateful Dead. Janis Joplin, Sly the Family Stone, so many more. And it was at that Woodstock Festival. I remember this. Don't those of you old enough to will remember opening up the daily news to the center and seeing the pictures of naked people covered in mud. 
Yeah, there was a lot of things going up there. Sex, drug, rock and roll, and music. And people in normal America, flyover country, were looking at all of this and shaking their head. Martha, the country's gone to hell. My goodness, look at what these kids are doing up there. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life? I'm telling you, never seen anything. Look at them young kids out there. What's that they smoking, Martha? That don't look like no cigarette. don't look like no cigar to me. What are they smoking up there? Yeah. We told you that rock and roll music was from the devil. And then they heard this. And they freaked out. And this remains to this day one of the genius. One of the genius works on the electric guitar. The one, the only, Jimi Hendrix. With his version of our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. Me too. Bob, that is so amazing, right? All these years later. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix in the Star Spangled Banner. Woodstock today. The anniversary. 1969. That was some year. There was so much going on in 1969. 1969 was the year of the Amazings, too. The Amazing Mets took it all, 1969. We're going to get to your telephone calls. James Golden here on WABC. In fact, let's start with your calls right now. Because this day has many people upset. I wrote a piece for the in the Daily BS today about the historic nature on this. What we're really seeing, my friends, is the historic two-tier history in America being played out right before our very eyes. Danielle and Yonkers, you're up first. WABC, James Golden, Boston Airways Rush Hour. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Huh. Yeah, one of those days, Danielle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So now my question is, it this, well, it's not really a question. It's more like a statement. What are we supposed to do? I mean, you know, all this stuff being you know played out in front of our very eyes, and there is nothing that we can do. I mean, I, you know, I just keep thinking. I'm like, so, you know, I watch Newsmax. 
I don't watch Fox News anymore. You know, I listen to a lot of the lawyers, you know, um, you know, and get their feedback from everything that's going on. So you have all different types of point of views, different types of lawyers that you could kind of, you know, put all this in, you know, together and say, all right, well, if this is really against the law and they can't really prosecute him, but that's not what it seems to be happening. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, can they really make this stick? That's number one. And number two, why can't the Supreme Court get involved? I mean, that is the hierarchy of all, you know, of, of the courts right now. And, you know, this is so out of control that, you know, it's going to be left, to, you know, to be a civil war, I feel. You know, like my dad, you know, he was in the military. My grandfather fought in World War II, you know, and it's a disgrace. It's disgusting. The things that, you know, all these men and women fought for our freedom and it's just being given up. You know, our, you know, our freedom, our freedom of speech, like, you know, everything is being taken away from us citizens, us hardworking working class and there's nothing that we could do about it. I mean, I'm Well, here's what you here here is the first thing. I'm going to ask you a question. The first thing that you can do about it is use the power that the constitution has invested in you and that is the power to vote. But this year, don't just vote. This is the year to bring as many like-minded people to yourself to the polls with you and make sure that you vote. That's the first thing. Now, i got to go to a break. I'm going to mention, since you asked what can we do, there are some other things that we can do. They're not going to solve this problem immediately. But there are other things that we can do. We are not helpless people. We don't have to just sit on the sidelines and watch. So I will deal with the rest of your question, and I appreciate it, and I so appreciate everything that you said, Danielle. Oh, cool. Thank you. About this nation's freedoms, because you're absolutely right, and we are in a perilous time. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. More of your calls. Ah, author's theme. On WABC, Chris Cross, lead vocals. We'll be back. Don't go away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We belong together. All right, on this day, year 1992, this song went to number one. It would stay there for 13 weeks, displacing the record. Of Elvis Presley, who up until then had the longest run on the charts in the number one position. Boys to men on WABC. Now, Daniela raised a great point. All right, what can we do? 
One of the first things you do is stay optimistic. That's first. Do not let these people steal your joy or your love of America. Do not let them do it. They want to destroy not just Donald Trump, as I said in the opening, they want to destroy you too. And one way that you give in to that destruction is to be dispirited. So, remain a cheerful warrior. That's number one. Defeat them politically. Everyone that you can in this party, make them pay a price. From the local dog catcher all the way up. Now, you may not be able to take out, man, it's New York. Come on, there's going to be a limit to how many Dems politically can be taken out. But that doesn't mean that you can't play on the broader chessboard of politics. In 2024, as in every election cycle, there are going to be close races that will define the makeup of the House and the Senate. This is the time not to just sit back, but to actually do a little bit digging. Find like-minded candidates that you can support. And if you can't have an impact where you live, then have an impact where you don't live. If you can. I would never tell people how to spend their money, but I will say this, the Democrats have more organizations, more organizations, more organizations than the Republicans can dream of. We need political scientists in this party to step up and start organizing conservative and Republican to be a more effective political campaign weapon, and this is the year to do that. Now, Daniela also asked, can the Supreme Court step in? Huh, I don't, don't, don't think that's going to happen. And don't rest your hopes on the Supreme Court here. Right now, the Democrats are waging a coordinated campaign against Clarence Thomas, against Justice Thomas, and Justice Alito. ProPubica. Pro-pubic hair, that's what I call them. They're involved with these articles. You know, Clarence Thomas took vacation here and there, and donors this, donors that. This is all political. The court, even if these things weren't happening, would not want to be seen as stepping in early on a case before it wound its way through the system. So don't invest any hope that the Supreme Court is going to come to the rescue here. This is going to have to be fought out in the courtrooms. It is not as dire in some instances as it may seem. One of the things that the esteemed lawyer Jonathan Turley wrote is that these charges that Fanny brought with Donald Trump and 18 others are excessive and they're dangerous. Criminalizes challenges to elections. 
Turley says there's no sort of limiting principle in this document, this this indictment. They're charging things like the president saying publicly, we need to have a recount. Democrats and Republicans challenge these elections routinely, he says. But he also points out that this is a serious threat, not because of merits, but because of the racketeering case. And it's very hard to take these cases up on appeal before a trial. It's hard to get them dismissed on threshold questions. So this is going to have to be fought in the courtroom. And there again, it's one of the things that Democrats are trying to do, which is to rob Donald Trump of the ability to have effective legal counsel by having to spend so much money on lawyers on so many different battlefronts legally. Those of you that can help and want to help, not just Donald Trump. There are 18 people that this woman, Fanny, is going after. All of them are going to need legal help. Already there are stories indicating the millions that the campaign has had to spend thus far. Fighting these charges does not come cheap. I'm going to tell you something else. If we don't start getting rid of rhinos in this party, and I mean the real rhinos, and I make a distinction between those and moderates, people who who aren't rhinos, but not necessarily conservative, I'm talking about the rhinos, the ones, the Trump-hating rhinos. They are just as a political enemy to many of us in this party as Democrats. As I mentioned, I wrote a story today. You can find it at the dailybs.com, two-tier history. Well, I talked about these indictments. Clear message, Democrats are intent on destroying the Republican Party, securing their own political power through a perverse, and that's what it is, use of the judicial system. While this is going on, the mainstream legacy press ignores as much as they can the growing case of a sitting president and his family mired in a web of lies, financial corruption involving foreign powers, some of whom are openly hostile to this nation. The Joe Biden scandal is, to me, the single biggest political scandal in American history. It dwarfs Watergate. It dwarfs the Teapot Dome scandal. You don't know what that is. Go study. They didn't teach you that in history, I bet. There's never been any meaningful accountability for the Russian hoax. Just recently, we've learned that the January 6th committee destroyed records that could have shed light on the absence of security that Nancy Pelosi was tasked with on January 6th. Mainstream media ignores all of this.
So I issue this as a warning to say, don't get wrapped up in the whole media coverage of just this. Also keep your eye on everything else that's going on in this country. There is a lot that we can do. Some of it, not directly, will help Donald Trump. But you cannot give up. And we cannot, no matter what the outcome of any of these or all of these indictments, give up on the idea that the deep state, this entrenched bureaucracy of elites of both parties in this country has to be wrung out of this country like dirt being wrung out in the wash process. It has to happen. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternley, WABC. Diana Roth, the one, the only. Ain't no mountain high enough on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back, more of your calls. Straight ahead, don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy birthday today, 1950. Singer-songwriter Billy Griffin. This is The Miracles with Billy Griffin singing lead. He took over after Smokey Robinson left the group. Also, a shout-out to Sticks Hooper from the Crusaders, whose birthday is today. One of the greatest pianists of all time is celebrating a birthday today, Oscar Peterson. Well, heavenly birthday. Let's get back to the telephone, shall we? And let's go to Connecticut. Adam, Connecticut, how are you? Hey, hey, Bo, I love your show. Um, so I read the indictment today from Georgia, and it's really interesting. I think this is an opportunity for Trump to show the world that the election was rigged and that everything he, he and Giuliani and all of them were saying was true. Because when they do that, then they're going to win the case. Uh, if they can't do that, then they were lying. And based on the indictment I read, they should go to jail. But I don't think they, you know, I think that it, obviously the election was rigged because they said it was. They can put that lady on trial uh, on the stand who was the, ele- the election worker who they said was illegal, legally counting votes. There's a lot of stuff that they can do to prove it. Um, and and that's all they have to do. So it's going to be an opportunity for them to speak their case. Now, if they were now, lying, let me just say this to you about that. Here's the danger in that. Knowing something and proving something in a court are two different things. If you watched what happened to Carrie Lake, as I watched those trials, some of the trials that Carrie Lake was going up against, it was very clearly fraud, but the judge said, nope, no, it wasn't. When you talk about, you know, the ability, how these people ran through uh, uh, signatures, at clips that are unbelievable. Well, the law didn't specify how many signatures you had to look at per second or per minute. And so the judge just, it was clearly something wrong. There were clearly infractions in that Arizona case. Even go back, and, and John Fund covered this in one of his books, go back to King County 
in uh, Washington State during that gubernatorial race that was snatched. It was snatched with more voters in King County, which encompasses Seattle, then there, there were more votes than there were voters. And the court still said, oh, nothing wrong here. So knowing it and proving it in a court, when you're stacked up against liberals who have a vested interest in maintaining dirty elections, are two different things. So I hear what you're saying, and, and I recognize it, but I just want to caution you that proving something in a court of law is not as easy as having the proof. The proof has to be accepted, and that can be sometimes very difficult. Stan, in Forest Hills, New York, you're up next. How how are you? How are you? Good. All right. How about playing a song that I'm waiting to hear for? Hopefully it'll be played for the next week. Georgia on my mind with the immortal Ray Charles. I love that Now, you know you're going to be hearing a lot of that in coming weeks, but I need to get you to your point. What about this indictment? Uh, I'm happy. I've been waiting for Georgia. It was on the list. There will be no more indictments. This is it. It's done. It'll be January 6th and this. As far as I'm concerned, uh, this case, and you just stated something that you may be wrong about. I believe, and I'm a Democrat, it will go to the Supreme Court on this. I didn't say it won't go to the Supreme Court. I said the Supreme Court is, it is highly unlikely that the Supreme Court will intervene early. They will let it go through the system, and if there are issues that merit it going to the Supreme Court to be decided, then they will take up the case. But they're not going to swoop in right now and say, okay, put a stop to this. But here's the point that will come up. It will be the ultimate point. The 14th Amendment, Section 3. If he's found guilty either on the January 6th situation or on uh, Georgia, 14th Amendment, Section 3 states very emphatically that no one, can serve what the presidency have convicted. He would not be able to serve and cannot serve as president. But that may go to the Supreme Court, because they will use the 14th Amendment, Section 3, if convicted. And, that, and then they could say, you cannot serve or run as president. because. And if you read the amendment, many, cons- by the way, conservative jurists have said that is true. They've looked at I it. Have been, I've been reading a lot about the 14th Amendment over the past few days. Now, this is where a lot of this is going to come down to timing also. And one of the things that Fannie Hill, I'm not, her last name is not Hill, it's Willis. Uh, Fannie Willis may have inadvertently done by bringing up 19 people. She may have secured the notion that in order to get a fair trial, this can't be a hurry up and let's get to, let's get this in the courtroom. This excessive charging may, may push this case further out than she or anyone else wanted it to go. Because she has charged so many people and she's using this RICO Act and this racketeering claim, Trump's lawyers have a great argument to make here that this case cannot be rushed and that the discovery on all of these items for all of these clients has to be full and fair. 
She may have harmed herself. And by the way, Jennifer Rubin, Trump hater at the Washington Post, brought that up the other day, that maybe she should not be trying to charge a lot of people. She did anyway. Folks, there's no question that no matter what happens here, we are in a historic period of time that this country has never, ever faced before. We have to be vigilant. And by vigilant, not just keeping up with the facts of the case, not be, not just keeping up with the news. Be vigilant of your own mental sanity. Stay as optimistic as you can. Do not let these people steal your joy. We can't. And as much support as Donald Trump deserves, I hope he gets. And not just Trump. They have, I've been worried about Rudy. And I said that to him on the show last week that they were going to come after him. They've come after Rudy. He has as many charges against him as Donald Trump does. These people play for keeps. And we have to support the ones that stand up for us. That's it for today. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here each and every day. God willing, we're here tomorrow. And we'll see you for Boston Early's Rush Hour then. Bye. 